Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is a journey into sound. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value. And a new experience. heard this music podcast side b episode one of season three it's our first b-side of the year i am so excited i'm i'm I'm, uh, beside myself and yeah this is the b-side this is a podcast of three parts we have our main show which is an entertainment show we have this show because we have so many artists sending music and we just focus on the music in this show. Focus on the music, we talk about the music and we talk about the artist. That's what we do. And the third part being the artist of the week, which is a standalone thing that we do where we just get a great artist and have a chat with them. So, a one-off interview. That is our podcast. That is what we do with me on the podcast tonight. I have with me Wayne, as usual. Say hello, Wayne. <laughs> Hello, everybody. How are you, Wayne? I'm all right, mate. For a Sunday night, I ain't bad. Good, good, good. You're not, you're not bad. I'm not bad. People in the Americas and all in the rest of the world won't, won't understand I ain't bad. That's proper <coughs> local dialect, that is. Anyway. Okay. I'm and also, all right. 
Nice one, Ryan. And also on the show, we have a special guest. I didn't think we were going to have many special guests on the B-side this year, but straight off the bat, we have a special guest. We have Todd Warner-Moore from Hong Kong. Hello, Todd. Hi, everybody. Hi, Richie. Hi, Wayne. And how are we? How are we? Oh, great. It's uh, 4.19 a.m. in the morning on a Monday. That's mental. You know. It's not here. Anything it's, else uh, better to do? It's twenty past eight. <laughs> twenty past eight in the evening, and I've got to get this done as quick as I can so I can go back to my new TV series. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I'll have a quick blast on the ukulele as well, but only about five minutes because I've got too much to listen to on that new TV series. If you if you if you like your TV and your Netflix and stuff, uh, don't watch what I'm watching because it's not on there. I'm having to illegally down uh, stream it, but. Um, you didn't hear that here. Well, you did. But no, what you do is, what you're doing every time you want to watch something, you're obviously jumping on a plane and flying off across the world to watch it, and then we'll come back <laughs> and do the same again. That's what you do, yeah. Hire a, a room with pay per view and do it that way, isn't it? That's exactly what I do, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> or alternatively, you could probably watch it on Alibi every single day because I'm pretty sure it's on every day. Is it? Oh, no, I, I, watch it. So, I, have, yeah. I have to watch it in secret. So, uh, a sequence. I'm watching it on something called Cyberflix. It finishes. Um, uh, it's finished now. He's dead. For fuck's sake, Wayne, you fucking idiot. I don't know, I haven't seen it, I'm just joking. Oh. <laughs> I'm doing that way too much. Wow. You're too on edge. Absolute twat. <laughs> oh, I've okay. watched two episodes, I have no idea what happens in the show. So let's get on with the show so it doesn't drag out too long. The B-side is we have artists, different artists, obviously, like I said. We have uh, four artists. We have our intro, which you're currently listening to, which is New Rules by My Heart, Your Thunder. That is our intro, and I'll leave all the links to them in the show notes. Uh, our next artist who we'll be playing and talking about is Elisa. Is it Chahan or Chahan? Is, is, is it Chahan? 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 Chahan. Chahan. Oh, well, that's, Trahan, that sounds yeah. much better. Okay, so yeah, we'll start with that. We'll start with Alyssa Chahan and her song, Petty. And I'm not doing the interview for the first time ever. I'm not doing any of the interviews. In fact, Wayne's doing them all. Oh, so this is we've Wayne. Over, we've, we've crossed over the bridge. We're, we've crossed the streams. We've done everything. Wayne said, rock your world. Wayne, made, <laughs> Wayne made the mistake saying, if you want, I'll do a few interviews. So, just done all of them. <laughs> I, I meant like two for the year or something. That's what I meant, you know. <laughs> I'll do one in like now. You made, the mistake, you made the mistake of having the week the weekday bookings and most <laughs> pe- a lot yeah. of people go for the weekday bookings. <clears throat> so, anyway, yes, this is Elisa, Elisa Chahan with her son Petty. And Wayne's conversation. Go! I am great. How are you today? I'm very well. It's very wet, wet and windy in the UK today. So, yeah, where are you in the world, Alyssa? I am in Nashville, Tennessee. And what's the weather like there? It's pretty nice. Blue sky, decent temperature, not too cold. So, it's pretty nice. If we're, I'm English, this is what we do. We talk, we talk about tea and weather. That's what we do. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, so, right, for the listeners, tell us all about Elisa Trahan. Yeah, so I am a country singer, songwriter, artist, producer. 
Um, I write all my own music. I play a bunch of different instruments. I play, I think, 12 or 13. I produce my own stuff, and I'm just kind of a music freak in general. <laughs> um, I'm also a cat lady. I have two cats. They are my children, basically. <laughs> and yeah, I'm originally from upstate New York, a small town called Rochester, and I moved down to Nashville, Tennessee four years ago now. So just working towards my dream, you know, trying to make it happen. Brilliant. Um, I'm interested. What's the name of the cats? Um, so I have two cats. The first one is Beasley, and she was named after the Office TV show, Pam Beasley. And my second cat is named Chip, and he was named after Chip Gaines from the HGTV show Fixer Upper. I have, I have two cats, and they're called Tasha and Tiffany, but I didn't know them. Aw, cute. They are, they are rescue cats. So, Oh, sweet. Well, they're old ladies. They're, they're set in their ways. Bless them. <laughs> <laughs> Mine are still teenagers, so they're 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 crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So tell us all about your story. How did you get into songwriting and 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 you know the specific genre you went into? Yeah. So when I grew up, music was kind of all around me. My dad would play guitar around the house all the time. He was in a band before I was born. Um, my sister would play flute, and my brother also played guitar. So when I was growing up, there was just music all around me. And I didn't really realize it when I started doing it, but I have written songs for my whole life. I would be coming up with little melodies and lyrics and putting them together just for fun. And I thought it was something that everybody did, and it was totally normal. And then I realized, no, not everybody does this. Um, and it's called songwriting. And when I kind of realized that's what it was... I then was looking up songwriters and things like that, and I noticed they all played guitar. So I was like, okay, well, that's what I need to do. So I asked my dad if he would teach me how to play guitar when I was about 11 years old. And after that, I just started writing like crazy. I would write a song pretty much every day. Uh, there was one summer that I literally wrote a song every single day, and I would play it for my dad that night and be like, look what I did today. And it just kind of snowballed from there. I started wanting to record my own stuff. So we went to some recording studios. I started learning how to record stuff on my own. I started playing at gigs out in the local area where I grew up. There were some local musicians that invited me to be a part of their show, which kind of got the ball rolling for me. And yeah, it just kept snowballing. I kept writing more, playing more, learning more instruments. And eventually I was like, mom and dad, I want to move to Nashville. I have to do it. It's what I want to do. So we took a family vacation here to Nashville and I just fell in love with it. And I knew right then that this is where I was meant to be. And I think it was maybe eight years later, I finally made the move. And it's it's a crazy ride, but I love it. It's it's what I was meant to do. And it's, you know, one of those things that's in my blood. And I just feel like I kind of belong here. I feel like um, from listening to like uh, our uh, radio and the folk, our folk show and country shows on, on uh, British radio, the, the feeling I get is that Nashville is sort of like the songwriting capital of America. That if Absolutely. You, if you want to be a songwriter, that's where you migrate to. Everybody goes to Nashville because of because of the collaboration there and because of the opportunity there. Is that correct? One hundred percent. Yes. When I was in New York, still, not a lot of people were writing songs up there, so I kind of felt like an outcast a bit. And then when I moved to Nashville, it was like you know, everyone's a musician, everyone's a songwriter, and it really is a co-writing town is what they call it. So every single day, I mean, right now, there's probably at least 100 writing sessions going on in Nashville somewhere. And 
it's just so fun to collaborate with people and write songs together. And it really helps you become a better writer because, you know, you learn new ways to phrase things. Somebody brings you out of your comfort zone and you grow and you learn. And it's so much fun. And it's also a town of people helping people. Everyone's in the same boat. So there is competition, but everyone wants to see everyone succeed. So it's a really cool community vibe that we have here. You know, I know of Nashville by proxy sort of thing, you know, through something else. Is it predominantly like sort of folk and country and um, sort of indie or is it the whole spectrum of music or is it a certain niche or is it? So we have a little bit of everything here. It's definitely the hub for like country and Christian as well. But we have a little bit of everything here. I have a lot of friends that are specifically pop artists or writers. We have rock, we have R&B, we have... We have folk, we have jazz, we have everything. We have blues. Literally every genre, we have it here, which is so fun. Um, But yeah, I would say like the number one genre here, I guess, would be the modern commercial country. So this uh, this new record you put, well, these new couple of singles you put out, uh, the one we're playing tonight is, I had it just and it's disappeared. Of course it has. Petty, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, and you also put out a song last year called Blue Fire. Is that uh, is it part of an EP or are they just some singles you're releasing to, to get some buzz? Or Yeah, so all of those singles I released in the summer, were they were released as singles and then we kind of re-released them on an EP last month. And it was kind of like a, a reintroduction of my sound because I've been in the industry for a while now and I've grown a lot and I've changed a bit not I don't want to say changed but my sound has evolved and I've I've grown up I've learned more and we kind of wanted to reintroduce me with the new sound the new stuff I've been writing so that's kind of what that was um we re-released it on a self-titled EP so it's just called Alyssa Trahan and it's got six songs on it and I'm really excited about it and it was so much fun to do and Petty is kind of like the the tongue-in-cheek sassy clever upbeat song uh, yeah Listen, I've listened to it since uh, since Rich sent it over to me, and um, I've listened to it quite a few times today. What I was getting from it was we had um, an art, a country artist, oh yeah, country artist who was on American Idol um, from a while ago called Jessica Muse. I don't know if she rings any bells for you. No, I'm not familiar with that name. No. She was on American Idol, and uh, she came onto our show. Oh, it'd be over a year ago now, and uh, she brought a song by Carrie Underwood, which is called "Before He Cheats." Yeah, I, I love that got, song. Yeah, I got the same sort of vibe from it. I mean, I'm, like, yours is going a different direction. It's like, you know, before you do anything, stop and have a think about it, where she's like, no, take the sledgehammer to his car. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, mine's kind of like the the beforehand and hers is like the aftermath. <laughs> yeah, think, think, yeah, think, think about uh, before you before you swing the sledgehammer, yeah. Is there a story behind the song or is it uh, just something that pops into your head one day? Yeah, you know, the whole thing behind the song is, you know, we live in a world where a lot of people are kind of bashing people online on social media and they're they're trying to get revenge on people, whether it's for little things or big things like cheating in that Carrie Underwood song. And I have seen it and experienced it firsthand that trying to get revenge on people and just being petty about stuff really doesn't help it doesn't get you anywhere it does not bring you that satisfaction that you're looking for so I wrote it with my friend Emily Daniels and we had the idea you ain't Tom so don't be petty and we wrote it and it didn't take very long only about an hour I would say and we wanted it to be 
really fun, lighthearted. Like we were talking to a friend that was about to like do something stupid on Instagram or something. Um, you know, lighthearted, just saying, hey, be a good person. It's not worth it. You're just going to burn a bridge. You ain't Tom, so don't be petty. <laughs> it's very good. It's completely sort of country inflected, but he's got sort of pop undertones. You know, it's, it's, it's palatable for people. You know, it's, I think it's yeah. a brilliant introduction to yourself because it, it, it draws people in. I've listened to the, the EP. Well, thank it's, you. It's, it's great. It's always great all the way through. I especially love in this song. I love the 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 bridge stroke middle, the um, the sort of marching drum beat. Yeah, yeah. The drummer on that session is so cool. His name's Chris, and he's just incredible. He comes up with the coolest drum parts, and he's like a human metronome. He just you know keeps the beat the whole time. It's awesome, and he definitely brought a cool flavor to the song. Yeah, I, I love that because it's the the whole. You know, it's a very stadium moment. That is, you know, you, you can stand there with you know the guitars sort of dangling and you're clapping your hands while singing it. And I like that. I like I, I like the whole the image it promotes with that. And I like I like the fact that you used it twice as well because I it didn't hang around long enough. And I was like, oh, Dad, I might have was enjoying that. I could have done another verse of that or another you know um, four or five bars of that. And then he comes back in at the end. And I thought that's that's brilliant. That's brilliant. You tail end the song with with that bit from the middle. That was really yeah. Terrible. Thanks. That's actually exactly what I do when we play shows. I kind of let my guitar hang and I try to get the audience to clap along. And it's really fun. It's a really fun moment of the live show. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got that feel to it. You know, it's got that whole, you know, you, you could you could see, you know, thousands of people clapping their hands to it. Thank you. So what does the rest of the year hold for uh, Alyssa Trahan? Um, so this year is actually a big year for me. I'm working on a new project. I actually have a new song coming out in a couple days this Friday. And this year is just going to be releasing stuff like crazy, writing for a new project, and I'm basically going to be in the studio every single day, but I'm very excited about it. Uh, I'm also playing a bunch of shows, mainly on like the East Coast in the U.S. here, but trying to travel as much as I can. But I'm just really excited to write and record as much as possible. When you play live, is it uh, obviously you in a backing band? Are they session players or are they or your, your band or...? Yeah, I have a band of people that I've been playing with for quite a while now, and it's really great because it's all family and family friends. And I know people tell you, you know, don't be in a band with your family and your friends, but my family and my family friends, we're all very drama-free, easygoing, and just like to, you know, hang out, good vibes, things like that. So it's really fun to play with them. And, you know, we've been traveling together. It's been super fun. So it's cool to have, you know, my own band. We're kind of like, just like a close friend group. It's really fun. Well, if it works, you know, what time with it? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, right. I'm going to ask you a, a couple of uh, silly questions. Okay, I've, I've bring got, it got two. Um, we're we're going to play. The first one is, is called First and Last. So I'm going to ask you a series, series of five questions. That'll be the first thing and the last thing. So the first thing, uh, what was the first song you wrote? The first song I wrote was a really terrible song. <laughs> um, and it was called Meant to Be. It was a really cheesy love song about a crush I had. If it wasn't terrible, how are you going to learn? That's that's the way I always think about that. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I, look, I, look, I think about this, the, the the songs I used to write. I was in a sort of half tribute band, half original band, and some of the songs I look back now and think, why did I why did I string that together? What was, <laughs> right? what was I thinking doing that? You know, terrible. Uh, last CD you bought? The last CD I bought, like physical CD or physical CD, yeah. Physical CD was Maren Morris, uh, her hero album. 
Right, okay. I'll have to check that out. I don't know who, I don't know who that is. Right, okay. Um, the first band you played in? Uh, the first band I played in. I guess that would technically be a school band, if that counts. Yeah. Um, I was in like a, like a wind ensemble in school. Wow, brilliant. Okay. Um, last song you listened to? Last song I listened to was Rare by Selena Gomez. <laughs> Again, I don't know that one. I have, have to find that one out. The first song you learned to play? The first song I learned to play? Yeah. Hmm. What was that? I believe it was You Belong With Me by Taylor Swift. <laughs> no way. That's brilliant. I think so. Mine I think was, that was uh, the first one. Mine was Live Forever by Oasis. Mine was. Okay. It was the first time I learned to play a G chord, it was. <laughs> That's a standard. You got to know that one. Exactly. You got to know these things. Um, the last time you felt out of your comfort zone? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I would say probably at the gym this past weekend because <laughs> I get really self-conscious about what I'm doing. Like, oh, I'm doing this wrong. People are judging me. But, you know, I try to do new things and be a good fitness person, I guess. <laughs> um, so, yeah, probably the gym. Uh, I know a couple more of these. Uh, who was the first person you thought was an icon, musically wise? First person I thought was an icon. Yeah, first person um, you saw up on stage or, you know, on TV or somewhere. I want to be that. I want to do that. So the first person would be Hilary Duff. And I know that's kind of a weird answer. <laughs> um, but she was the first concert I went to. And the second she came on stage, I was like bawling my eyes out. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> gosh, she's just she's a, a goddess. I love her. And um, yeah, that would be that'd be the first person. That was a big moment for me. <laughs> Um, same. Uh, it was the last person you you looked at and thought, "Oh wow, they're they're iconic. They're they're amazing." The last person, yeah, probably Tennille Arts. Uh, she's a new country artist, and I think she's just amazing. Wow. Okay, somebody else. I, I, this is the second interview I've done in the last two hours, and yeah, there's lots of people I'm gonna have to go and have a listen to. Yeah. Right. So um, this is uh, I'm going to get to the um, sen- the sentimental end of these questions now. So uh, this is the okay. first lyric, the first lyric that made you cry. Wow, that's a good one. Uh, you you know, know? Not, not technically cry, you know, just promoted an emotion. An emotion, yeah. Yeah. I think it would actually be "Traveling Soldier" by the Dixie Chicks, like the entire song, um, but specifically the bridge where you know it says that she went to the football game and they read off the names of the soldiers that died and it was this character's lover. And when I first heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so sad. Um, And the last one we'll go with is the last time uh, you saw somebody play and thought, yes, they are a guitar hero. 100%, you know. hmm, That's a good question. I would say the last time I saw Ed Sheeran play live. Wow. He was just incredible. And he like... I don't even know how many strings he broke on his guitar during the show, but he was just shredding and just going for it. And it was just incredible. Wow. Brilliant. Where was that? So that was a couple summers ago. He came to my hometown in New York and I saw him perform and it was just, it was life changing. Honestly, he is an incredible performer. Brilliant. And I feel really bad for his guitars because (laughs) he kind of beats them up like in a good way. But yeah, he was incredible. Uh, we had, um, to the latter part of last year, we had this guy on the show called Luke Concannon, and he was mm-hmm. part of a band called Nisloppy from, I'd be like, the early 2000s. And it was an acoustic-y, rap type band. And they were, they were quite big. They had a, a, a song that was number one in the UK. Nice. And, uh, he came on the show. And Ed Sheeran actually was on a radio show and 
said that he's one of the reasons he plays guitar. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Wow, imagine that compliment. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely lovely guy to speak to as well he was. Right, last question. This is a a different question. So, any song from history where you could remove one of the musicians and import yourself into into that iconic role? So, it could be like the drums from Queen or something like that, you know, and what song and why? Um... Harmonies on Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> that's the second time. That's a, that's a fantastic answer, though. So um, I speak to a lady just then. She came up with um, the girl who sings, the lady who sings on Give Me Shelter by uh, Rolling Stones. Ah, that's so a good one, yeah. It's funny that both of you pick um, vocal parts as well. Yeah, I mean, it's so iconic. It's, you know, history making. Yeah. So, so you want to be all of Queen doing doing that? <laughs> I want to, yeah, I want to do every single harmony part. Somehow learn Brilliant. how to do multiple parts by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, Alyssa, we are at the at the end of this now, and we are going to play your song now. Awesome. So, uh, so this will be Alyssa Trahan and her song. Petty. You got it. Somebody did you wrong and you're just now finding out Or you gave your love to a heartbreaker and they're dragging it around Maybe you're feeling played, maybe you're feeling used And you're thinking about doing something not like you You wanna give what they deserve, oh but that don't Don't be petty You wanna stand your ground right now And you're feeling fired up But take it from me, I've been there too And there's damage that I've done You wanna prove a point But you better watch your step Before you go and do something You know that you'll regret You wanna give what they deserve Come on, be the bigger person Cause it isn't win or lose And it's time to move on Cause you got better things to do You wanna give them what they deserve Oh, but that don't make it right And I know you're a little hurt But that don't mean it's justified Saying you won't back down Well, give it up already
So that was what I said it was, and you listened to what I said it was, mm-hmm. Petty. Don't be petty. Don't be t- don't be t- What is it? Don't be petty because you're not Tom. Yeah. Don't be petty. Yeah. As in Tom um, Petty. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Oh. Mm. Oh, there's a story behind that. I missed I, that. I don't, she, I, I don't think she explained it in the interview, but um, uh, Tom Petty and his wife, uh, a couple of his wives, they had really quite, you know, petty disputes when they, they were breaking up. Uh, so much so that one of his wives got like half of his song royalties and things like that. So yeah, that's that's where that goes. Because you ain't Tom, so don't be petty. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah. You ain't Tom, so don't be petty. Mm. It's um, <clears throat> I'm just gonna. Do you know what? I'm just gonna put that one in the back end there. Yeah. You can carry on talking about it if you want. Um, Did she write that song? I imagine she would have, yeah. I, actually, I'm not going to play that in the background because it's pulled me off. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. When did she, did she, did she write that song? Yeah, she did. Yeah, she's um, okay. very. You know, these are my first three interviews ever for the B side. You know, we've done interviews for, you know, in person at festivals and, and when we've done gigs, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously when we do the A sides, I've never really done anything like this. It was a bit of a step away, a bit of a departure for what I'm used to. So. Um, yeah, interesting conversation. Really nice lady to talk to. I'm trying to bring it back because it's a couple of weeks since we uh, did the interview. But um, as far as I remember, she's uh, she lives in Nashville, but she's originally from New York. I can't remember in New York, okay. she said. Uh, she moved to Nashville because it's what she wanted to do. She wanted to you know, pursue her career. And I might be getting this wrong. It might be Katie... Stevens, I can't remember which way round. See, this is what happens, Wayne. Yeah, you, you must, you, you always think that God, he must be lazy and he don't remember nothing. And no, no it's hard yeah. when you interview so many yeah. people all the time. It's, it's, it's hard to remember who you spoke to and when. Yeah, yeah. You, I haven't heard the interview. Well, the people, the, the people are listening of the interview. Say so no, if I'm wrong or right. She was, uh, she's really interesting to listen uh, to, to speak to. I said that she, she reminded me a bit of uh, Carrie Underwood. And do you remember that song ages ago we, we had somebody bring for a hidden mass speech was was called If He Cheats? The one taking about a, a slugger to the bloke's car. It's got that sort of vibe, but in reverse. It, <laughs> I don't it's think not she used those words. Um it is. She does say those words. She does. It's yeah, um, took a slugger to the car. Yeah. Really? In fact she actually says something along the lines of the actual slang term for because I had to ask we had to ask what, what, what it was. Actually, that that was um that was the, one of our first ever. Well, first I think that was our third guest ever on the on the uh, on the show. They, they're right, in the yeah. car, weren't they? Yeah, they were in the car driving. It was Kittenhead, you're right. Yeah. Kittenhead, yeah. yeah, that's the one. Um, I must have been a guilty pleasure, even. Um, I don't think they. I don't think they were country, were they? No, no, they, no, were, they, they were, were punk. punk. Yeah, but I'm just. I, I mean, we just, right. I'm just digressing. Uh, uh, no. Let's go with what you guys think about this because I've said all my what I, what I think in the interviews. Go so. on, Todd. <laughs> Tell us what you think. Um, I well, I was you know I'm a lyrics person, so I was trying to. What does it say? Don't be a bigger person because it isn't win or lose. Um, give them what they deserve. What else did I write? Did, and and there was some stomp down at the end. Oh, I love that. I love and yeah, the middle. It was, it's like the middle. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it was. I think it was catchy. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it, it it sounded a little like other artists. 
maybe, but it also sounded like a you know artist developing their voice. There was a confidence to it, right? Yeah, Which absolutely. I liked. Yes, I think that's yeah. that's the most important is to have this this just assertion of your individuality. You know, um, I, I think yeah, maybe the 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 production was a little um, packaged, maybe right. Yes, it's it a be, very packaged. It, it would be interesting to hear her with a different production that's maybe not as slick. You know, a bit more natural, a bit more organic. Yeah, uh, I, you know, it's just the production makes everything. I think, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. You can actually hear the production on that. It's um, even though it's not an over complicated song, it feels overproduced a bit for what the song is. Well, like I'd be interested to hear her in some acoustic outfit. You know, and and many times when you hear that, it may, if it sounds completely different than the song, then you know you need to maybe change some of the production. Hmm. You never know; she might sound exactly the same on stage. She might. She might too. Uh, so, and I'm not trying to put that down again. Like we were saying before we started the show, it's you know it's very subjective. You know. Um, hmm. How 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 a song is is like I said earlier packaged. Or whatever, and also the appeal goes to different people. Some people may love that complete, big, huge sound that's the heavy reverb on parts. And anyway, I'm just mm-hmm. thinking. yeah, it does feel like a very 21st century um, country music. It's mm-hmm. it's it's very the pop side of country. Right. It's appealing to a mass audience right. rather than just the the few people in that select right. part of America that would usually like it. it, it it's like kind of, you know, uh, Johnny Cash was very uh, produced in the 90s and then and then Rick Rubin came up to him and I think after a Grammys and just said, "I just want to hear you as Johnny Cash," you know, and then they Yeah. They that stuck is, a microphone in front of him, and suddenly everybody rediscovered Johnny Cash. It's like, "Oh my god," yeah. you know, and he's singing. The album's uh was it American Highways 4, 5, and 6, is it? I yeah, think, yeah, and, and he's it's just better, singing yeah. these raw... But before that, he was getting more and more covered in 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 stuff, you know. Um, yeah. Whereas when he started out, too, you had that kind of that kind of almost primitive feel, that raw feel. Yeah, agreed. But all in all, I do like this. I mean, obviously, obviously I, I selected this song and, and sent it over because... You didn't select any songs, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, li- I like it. It's like it is very, like I say, on the on the pop commercial side of but, country. But, but I would say her persona—that's why I like right, it. I suppose her persona is very strong, which is fantastic, you know. And out there, I think that's fantastic. You, you have to be that way when you when you do something like. How long has she been playing for? Oh, since she was like seven years old, I think. She said, she's and now she's only t- she's only twelve, and she's only twelve. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it shows it shows when someone's been you know working at their craft. Yeah. So I would like to hear her do some she, she, unplugged she, type thing. It's funny because all three of the ladies I spoke to this week, they all had the same sort of backstory. They all um, came into. I think Alyssa was twelve. I think, and I think she said that she came from a household full of. Instruments. I could be getting this wrong. This could be Katie. Uh, this could be Kate Stevens. But she came from a household full of instruments. <laughs> Kate Stevens. Kate Stevens. 
And she said that, yeah, I think she said towards her 12th birthday, I think, or around about when she was 12, she asked her but, dad to teach her to play guitar. It's all in the interview. I can't remember which, which interview. are you talking about there. the right person? Are you talking yeah, about the right person? Yeah, hopefully, if not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got, I got the Nashville bit wrong, so I've just checked it up. Yeah, she, she yeah. moved from Rochester, New York, to, to Nashville in uh, 2006. So. Yeah, sorry, 2006. That's Alyssa, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd, I'd just love to hear, sorry, I'd love to hear her in, a, in an unplugged outfit too. I think it'd be fantastic because her voice would really be very strong, you know, in some small venue. Yeah, she's, I uh, think she'd be good, yeah. Um, I think when we're doing this full-time waning, we're getting paid for it. We'll be able to listen to the interviews before we do the, the show, <laughs> so then we can get it all right. But uh, no. until then, we're just going to have to guess who, who belongs to which outfit. No, you guys are going to be like Johnny Depp on Pirates of the Caribbean, where they're feeding lines into an earphone because he couldn't learn the <sighs> lines. Yeah. Is that what he did? Yeah, he got so lazy, and he was getting paid millions, you know. They were feeding the lines <laughs> in through his earphone because he was getting so lazy, and all the other actors were learning their lines. Ridiculous. Wow, I think that's how I'd want to do it. See, I've, I've got a book of notes in front of me, and I forget to write. I forgot to write down stuff from the interview because you know it's just how genius <laughs> I am. It's my first time round. I'll, I'll get. I'll get better at this as I'm doing it. Oh, you're all I've good. got in front of me are the names of the songs and the artists. I've done no notes. I... This, t- like I say, this TV show is absolutely <laughs> taking my life away at the moment. So, right, I'm going to move on. We're going to move on, folky people. We're going to move on going to move on to our next artist. Our next artist is Emma Garrell. Garrell, Wayne? Is it Garrell? It's, it's like Steve Carell. So, you know, Emma Garrell. Steve Garrell. Yeah. Garrell. Steve Garrell. Yeah. Emma. Steve, not Steve Garrell. Emma Garrell. Steve, Ka- Steve yeah. Carell. So, Emma Garrell. Yeah. Garrell. Yeah. I think she's a Garrell. So this, yeah. is, uh, so this is Wayne's conversation with Emma Garrell and her song, Crawl. This is my first attempt at a B-side, and I'm here with my guest, Emma Garrell. How are you? Hi. I'm very good. Very good. Where are you in the world? I am in America. I live in Virginia. Richmond, Virginia. So. Very nice. Is it a very nice part of the world? It sounds like a very nice part of the um, world. Yeah, it is very nice. I like it here. I like it on the East Coast, for sure. It's very pretty. You know, there's a lot of um, trees and grass and, you know. There's not a lot of that on the West Coast. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So, for the uninitiated, uh, mm-hmm. tell us all about Emma Garrell. Um, well, I am, a, I guess, singer-songwriter, sort of. It's tough with that label because, at least in America, a lot of people think, like, singer-songwriter, they think, like, folk music. But um, I do um, rock music. I would say, like, pop rock alternative nowadays um definitely started out a little bit heavier than i am now but yeah we just we just kind of just rock out and have a good time and yeah we're just kind of opening up a new chapter of our music and kind of getting into a little bit more um i guess poppier side of rock so that's kind of new for us uh, have you always done like the the rock side to the pop side, or did you start somewhere else and then sort of migrate to this, or has it always been you know what you're doing essentially? No, now? I mean when I first started singing, I wanted to be on Broadway, like that was my thing. So when I first started, I sang a lot of you know show tunes and things like that. But when I was like 14, I joined School of Rock, which is um, a performance-based uh, after-school program kind of thing. All right. Is that anything um, to do with the film School of Rock? Is it? Yeah, that yeah. that is where it came from. That movie's based off of the school. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so there, 
I kind of like learned about Black Sabbath and Zeppelin and you know all the good I'm, stuff. I am sat five miles from where Black Sabbath started. Crazy. <laughs> um, that was my first show um, at School of Rock was Black Sabbath, and that was like my first introduction to Black Sabbath. Um, what was the song? What was the song? Oh, I don't even know. Like we get a whole entire um, like set list of just the oh, whole right, catalog. Okay. <laughs> um, That's very good. Yeah, but um. Yeah, so that was like the first stuff that I learned there and performed and I fell in love with it. And so for a long time, that was kind of what I was doing, um, just that kind of stuff. And at first, when I started making my own music, I really wanted to emulate that. Um, of course. You know, and now I'm getting older and, you know, Destination Anaheim definitely has, that was my first single, that definitely has, you know, the old kind of, you know, Zeppelin vibes and stuff yeah. like that. It's got um, it's got a very rich bluesy undertone yeah. as as destination and a home. Yeah, I was listening to it today. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, but it's definitely got that um, that Led Zeppelin, you know. Yeah, for sure. Early I mean, that was, early Black Sabbath. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's like my favorite stuff. But um, yeah, I've just gotten older, and this past year I've experienced a lot of new things <laughs> in life, <laughs> and um, I don't know. It's just kind of. I went into the studio um, over a year ago and just started making this new stuff. All of a sudden, it's just kind of what came out of me, and I'm just kind of rolling with it and letting it just go, you know. So, is it is it uh, have you got like a core group of musicians that you use, or is it all you and then you bring people in, or? So in the studio, it's just me and my producer, and occasionally he brings in some people depending on the parts. Um, but for the most part, him and I play everything on the on the recordings. But live, I have my my live band, and yeah, they're mm. not really like part of the writing process or anything like that. Do you find that quite freeing? Do it being able to do all the yeah. parts yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, sure. I can imagine it can it can go both ways. You know, it can be. Mm -hmm. You know, you have the whole free reign of how it's going to sound and, and the parts you're going to bring to it and the way you mm -hmm. want it to be. And also, you can occasionally, I suppose, experience a bit of writer's block, as it were. Yeah. You know, it may be um, that what you're trying to do doesn't really come out right. You ever, ever experienced mm -hmm. anything like that where yeah, you have to? Yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. and like. I, I think it depends on the band. I think it depends on the people you're working with. You know, my first single and a lot of my first songs were written together as a band. We all wrote them together. But for me, that just wasn't working out very well. And I started working with this guy, Todd Wright, who's my producer now. And he just really pulls pulls it out of me, you know. Um, there's definitely never, like, a wasted day in the studio. Like, we're always getting something out of it. Um, oh, that's good. So it's nice, yeah. Mm. So, what what's your favorite out of the two? Do you prefer studio recording or do you prefer perform, performing live? Um, I definitely prefer performing live. That's kind of like my thing. A lot of times, I don't even like tell people that. Like when people <laughs> ask me, like, "What do you do?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm a performer." Like that's kind of like that's what I do. You know, yeah. I put on a show for people, and that's like my favorite thing. With all this, I, I love just putting on a show and getting people excited. So definitely that, but of course, like being in the studio, the the energy of being creative like that is like something that's undescribable. I've, I've done both sides of it and they're completely yeah. different animals. You know, I mean, yeah. the, for me personally, it was always performing live because mm -hmm. there's no there's no second chances and the adrenaline yeah. that you get from that yeah. is in the studio. If you mess it up, you can just go it's again. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, you're only sort of, 
worry in the studio is time. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. if you're anything like, you know, when when myself and, and Rich and everybody else recorded, it was always, you know, every time you look at the clock, you're just seeing money tick yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Mm, very good. Um, so obviously we spoke about Led Zeppelin, we spoke, we spoke about Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Who are your other influences? Where, do you, where else do you pull from? Um, right now... I I listen to a lot of kind of folky music. My boyfriend is a folk artist, so he influences you know me a lot with yeah. new music. And um, somebody I've really been into recently is Jade Bird, and she I just really I just really like her because she's like really folky, but she mm. also has like that grit in her voice. I, um, I know the name. I don't know her music. I'm afraid. Yeah. Yeah, she's really awesome, and I just think that she has an amazing talent, you know? Yeah, I mean, listening to your uh, your music, I was getting, I don't know if you know the band Lacuna Coil from, no. from Britain. No. I was getting some, uh, some of their early stuff, because their mm-hmm. their most recent stuff goes a bit symphonic metal. Yeah, yeah. But their, their older stuff is a bit, it's kind of hard rock. Mm-hmm. And also, I was getting a bit of Hailstorm, if you know Hailstorm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sort of that sort of feel because there's mm-hmm. a, there's a, there's a deep vein there, there's a deep vein of, of blues running through those guys as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So what's next for you in twenty twenty twenty? Wow, twenty twenty. I got it right. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I'm not quite sure right now. Um. I definitely would like to put out an EP of some kind. There's. I'm still talking to you know my manager and stuff about it. Um. Just because you know. I feel like these days that's not really how people consume music anymore. Yeah, we find in uh, yeah we're finding yeah, a lot. Singles a lot, seems yeah. to be how people because people really want it as quickly as possible yeah. um, to keep people's attention. So it's kind of something I'm pondering on. But of course, I want like an album and an EP because that's yeah. like you know how I would listen to music when I was younger. So it's like just something I'm thinking about. Um, I definitely have enough songs for it, but there definitely will be tons of releases this year. It's just mm. kind of how it's going to be released. I'm not sure, you know. Yeah, um, a lot of uh, a lot of artists we speak to, and a lot of artists we do, mm-hmm. quite a, quite a few of them are doing the same sort of thing now. And yeah. I think it's it's the way forward. You record an album's worth of uh, music, mm-hmm. and then release them as singles till you get the yeah. whole album out there. Mm-hmm. So you know, you, you do ten releases, so you get that you know ten lots of separate promotion, yeah. and then you get the the whole albums there, you know, waiting yeah. to be consumed as well. See, I. I do love the availability of Spotify and Deezer and, and those mm-hmm. things. You know, if you think of a song, you can instantly stream it. Yeah. But there is something to be said about holding, you know, the artwork well, in your hand and the CD. I am, and, yeah, there's something about holding it. There's something yeah. about... I'm a big believer in listening to an album from top to bottom. Um, I'm not really someone who goes into an album and kind of, like, picks around and, like, picks mm. a song and that's the only song I listen to. I'm just... A lot of the people I listen to personally, they, you know, telling a story throughout the whole album. And I think that listening to it from top to bottom is so important for me. So that's kind of why I would like to have an album, because that's how I kind of look at it. Unlike just like, oh, I'm going to listen to this one song that I like and I'm not, I'm going to disregard like everything else <laughs> that they yeah, I, put I out. Do love, I do love those albums you can just put on and you just yeah. let it play. I love those ones. Mm-hmm. They're great. So, uh, talk me through Crawl. Tell me all about uh, the video. Tell me all about the song. Tell me everything yeah. that was on there. Um, I wrote the song 
probably like April, May of last year, I guess now. (laughs) And I mean, I was definitely going through a really dark time. I have, you know, a lot of experience with addicts in my life and they, you know, have affected me with their addiction a lot. And it was just, the song's really just kind of about codependency and watching, you know, someone you love get eaten alive by this disease. Mm. And... And yeah, and so that's kind of like where the music video came from. I was thinking like I really just wanted me sitting there, you know, being in relatively comfy clothing. Like I'm trying to be comfortable, but there's this demon, this thing that's just watching me all the time. And it's just like there. And that's kind of where Hank, um, the dancer Hank Bamberger, you know, came in and was able to emulate that for me. So I don't know if this is... um a conscious thing or if it was mm-hmm. you know your art direction of the video but it mm-hmm. reminded me of like early 2000 Marilyn Manson videos <laughs> that's cool <laughs> yeah that's that sort of thing you know um yeah. like like beautiful people and things that yeah. sort of yeah the way cool. that some of the camera angles some of the dutch angles you're mm-hmm. using and 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 the way the camera moved mm-hmm. and obviously with um you're very scary um <laughs> Is it like a? It's just um, it's like a ram skull mask. Is that right? I'm not sure. Um, Hank, he kind of collects masks. That's like his thing. Oh, right. Um, okay. From pretty much everywhere. It looks. I think this one he may have made it. It kind of looks like it. He made it, but I'm not quite sure what it was. He just kind of brought it, and he was like, "This seems like the right thing." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right." Good. Yeah, I like the yeah, I like the idea of the, the in the video of the, the the whole like monkey on your back. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's there in no matter mm-hmm. where you are, it's always sort of peripherally there. You know, yeah. it's always lingering about. It's it's, it's very good. It's, it's a, a very good um, device for the video. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, when is is crawl out now? It's been released. Yeah, now, yes? yeah, it's been released uh, November. I think. Was what What's, have you had any good uh, feedback on it or anything like that? Or? Yeah, I mean, I feel like Crawl's done pretty well, at least streams-wise. Streams it's done, you know, much better than our previous release. So that's exciting, and, and it's nice to, you know, see that people are listening to it and enjoy it. And people seem to really like um, this new direction that we're going in, which is really nice because I was really scared. Um <laughs> to release crawl compared to you know destination anaheim because i knew for a long time even before i released destination anaheim i've been building a fan base of people who really like the zeppelin and all that stuff so i was really scared to um release crawl Mm. and how they might react to it but they all seem to like it a lot yeah, I can. I, I can see. Yeah, I can see a trepidation. The, mm-hmm. It's not a massive departure from from no. destination Anaheim, no. but it is a departure all the same. There is mm-hmm. a different sort of sound and feel to crawl than than destination. Yeah. Destination Anaheim feels very sort of you know sawdust on the floor rock and roll. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it has that sort of quite snappy. This yeah. could be really well. This could be easily <laughs> recorded, and crawl yeah. feels a bit more. It's 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 produced more. Yeah, I feel like did you use synth in it at all, or there's like there's like an overarching yeah. like yeah. um like atmosphere to it mm-hmm. for, that comes with the music and and mm-hmm. the way your voice is recorded as well. There's a yeah. bit of you got some modulation on it, or is it sort of? It feels like it's um, got an echo, like a reverse echo yeah. on it. Probably. Um, that's kind of what we've been really getting into recently is some echoes and some older microphones that kind of give that, that weird sound. <laughs> so, 
so yeah well yeah it's a, it's a good song it's very it's, it's really well it's really well Thank done you. right we, at this point in the interview uh, when Rich, when Richard's been like I say, Richard's been doing this for a year. He's been doing it all on his own. He's mm-hmm. came, he's come up with some like standard questions that okay. he, he likes to ask the guests. So I'm okay. going to try and I'm going to try my own ones today. Okay. So we're going to do um, first and last, which I've sort of stole off somebody else, but we'll go with it anyway. <laughs> okay. So um, it's the first song you remember that you okay. loved. Um, shoot, I wish I. What is it called? Um. Shoot, it's the, I know it's the first song on the Jagged Little Pill album. That I know. I can't remember what it's called. It's, it's, I love when synchronicity happens because that's a lot, the second time that's been, that's been said to me today. It really? Morissette. Yeah, yeah, I haven't thought about Alanis Morissette in a long time, but yeah. Yeah, no, I can't, I cannot remember for the life of me. I'm just looking now, I'm just looking now. Yeah, uh, what that one is, but. Oh God, where is it? There it is. Uh, all, all I really want. Yes, that is it. That That's... song. When I was like seven years old, <laughs> that song I would repeat. I would just play it on repeat. Like I'm sure that my mom was like so over it. But like <laughs> legit, like we would be driving somewhere and like I'd put it on, and then as soon as it was over, I'd press the repeat button like the whole drive. Like I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh my god, I bet that was Ed doing. My dream yeah. is so good. It's, I mean, the, the, that, that, that album's iconic, so it, it couldn't have been yeah. that bad. Uh, right, but. last last song you listened to? Um, last song I listened to? Um, gosh, I think it was Abracadabra last night on my ride home. Um, that's a Black Sabbath song. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I know, yeah. I, I know the cover of it from Metallica yeah, for yeah. some reason. I don't. I'm not. I don't know the Black Sabbath, which is obviously the same thing. But you know, yeah. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> Black Sabbath uh, with vocals. Uh, yeah. Okay, first instrument you ever owned? Piano. Well, oh, very nice. Do you remember what uh, what sort it was? <laughs> no, I really don't. I was like twelve, and I just wanted to play the keys, the piano, and then. You know, I gave up on that for a little bit, but then I came back to it. <laughs> yeah. I was I was about twelve when I when I had a keyboard. That was the first yeah. instrument I ever learned as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last instrument you bought? Uh, I think it was either a bass or a drum kit. I don't remember one of those. <laughs> Very good. Uh, we'll go with another first. Oh, I'm just trying to think of. I'm trying to think of one on the spot. I tell you what, we'll we'll try one of Richie's uh, questions. Okay. He loves these ones. So, if you can collaborate with one artist dead and one artist mm-hmm. alive, who would it be? Okay. Um. Um. I would really. I guess I would say Kurt Cobain. I have this feeling that if I actually met him, I don't think we would get along very well. But I do <laughs> respect him a lot as an artist. Um. And then alive. That's the first time I've that's the first time I've had Kurt Cobain, to be honest. It's, yeah, it's normally we get a lot of Prince and we get a lot of David Bowie. Really? Nirvana mm. is is a big inspiration for me, but alive oh my god. I'm just gonna like I'm gonna say like Taylor Mumpson. That would be a dream come true. Um she's the lead singer of the Pretty Reckless and oh, I've okay. been right. yeah, I've been listening to that band since I was actually yeah know, I can I can see that yeah, yeah yeah I can see yeah, pretty, pretty pretty reckless yeah 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 so brilliant okay uh, and we'll go with one more of Richie's questions which I'm okay. trying to remember <laughs> uh, right so you're going away on a holiday mm-hmm. and you you've got an MP3 player you're going old mm-hmm. school and you've only got WAV files on your computer and mm-hmm. you can so the MP3 player will only hold two songs what two mm-hmm. songs are you taking for the week. 
Um, probably, I have to like, okay, probably like Norwegian wood, because that would be like a nice one. And then I'm trying to think of like a totally different vibe in case I'm feeling different. That's um, a synchronicity. This is, I, I, was, I, was on, <laughs> I saw Norwegian wood yesterday somewhere on a playlist. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I don't know. I just want, I would say like probably like a Zeppelin song, but like want to like a really like upbeat one. Like, I don't know, like let's Misty Mountain Hop or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Big <laughs> or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, brilliant. Right then, Emma. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thank you. Emma Gurrell with her son Crow. That was Wayne's chat with her. Let's talk about that seductive video. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's not. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, what did you think of this then, guys? What do you think of this, Wayne? I, see, I've said, I, I, I've, you're coming to me, I've already said this in the interview. I asked about the video. The video was filmed um, with the guy who's in the video with her. Uh, he's, uh, I think she said he's a dance teacher. 
uh, and he does like <laughs> interpretive dance things like that. So that's what he's doing in the background. He's you know took this whole thing and it's it, it, you know it's, I could have done that. It's it's got. Nah. It's just rolling around in horse shit. It's got a cult feel to it, though, hasn't it? You know what I mean? And I asked where they filmed you. it. Yeah, I think she said they filmed it on a like a a, a disused like barn ranch. Yeah, up up at the back of a house. Yeah, somewhere, I think the bloke was that that they probably did that video all day, and the bloke was just rolling around in shit <laughs> all day, pissing shit. Pissing shit, and at one point in the video, you can see him come up behind her, and he goes to put his hands on her head, and you know he's been told, "No, do not put your hands on me." <laughs> no point, put your hands on me. Yeah, but that makes it gives it that real edgy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, she looks. I was just saying to Todd earlier that she she looks a lot like an ex girlfriend of mine. A lot like it's not right why I chose her. I, I, I like the music. I'm just saying she she looks a lot like an ex. Was she on your show, or did you just pick her? What my ex? No, not your ex. The the um Emma, Emma, Elisa. No Emma. No, Emma no, um, she, she's uh, she's been interviewed by Wayne. Um, but we, we may have her on in the future mm. on the show if she if she can find time for us. Nice. What would she like to talk to, Wayne? Because obviously I haven't <clears> listened <throat> to the interview yet. Yeah, I, it's, it, you know what, people, it's not as easy as Rich makes it look, you know. It's, it's all right, and then you get work and stuff in the way, and, you know, before you know it, you've run out of time, and you're, you know. <laughs> yeah. Asleep on a Sunday afternoon with, 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 with people waiting for you to sign on to a, a live chat. <laughs> That's what happened this afternoon. Um, <clears throat> yeah. She was, uh, she was really nice to talk to. Uh, I think she said it's her and her producer per partner. And uh, they do all the music themselves. And then she brings in a band to go and do stuff live. So she does the best that, you know, we always talk about, you know, a lot of people just do it in the studio and then they can't do it live or they only do it live. They barely record. She does the best of both worlds. Is she, she's recording her stuff and then sort of relaying it to a band to then take out onto the road. She's from Virginia, which is on the West Coast, I believe, or towards the West Coast. Uh, West Virginia, Mountain Mama, no, take me home. That's that's West Virginia. That's that's not Virginia. That's, yeah, that's that's that's, Wayne, that's, that's what West I mean. Virginia. It's a different. Oh, is it? Sorry, yes. sorry. I, I, East yes. Coast, West Virginia. Apologies. Yeah, uh, so from Richmond, she is. I, oh, terrible of me to not to know that. Um, she's got a couple of songs on Spotify: "Crawl" and this song called "Destination Anaheim." And Destination Anaheim has got a completely different feel to Crawl. It's it's very bluesy rock. You know, it's it's got that sort of ACDC-ish vibe. Whereas Crawl's got the contemporary, like, mid-2000s sound, you know, think uh, yes. Marilyn Manson. I've, the, the obvious comparisons I put down were people like Evanescence, you know, especially with that video and, and the way it sounds. I wasn't getting, I, I was getting, I, I was getting absolute pop from this. Um, it's got a poppy edge, definitely. You know, well, some of Evanescence's stuff I, has got uh, a poppy edge to it. I hear that that mid two thousands, but I also hear some of those um, treated drums, or I can't tell if it's a machine or actual drums, like heavily treated drums. You know, similar to even you know Love and Rockets and Bauhaus and things from the the eighties too. So I think mm. it's got a lot of allusions to um, other times as well. Yeah, which I, don't I enjoyed. Think she did that, you know. It's it's one of them. I think she. Uh, I have to catch my mind back because um, uh, Emma was the first interview I had, and that was like more than two weeks ago now. So 
I'm trying to cast my mind back to, to exactly how it's... Uh, I've listened back to the interview and go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, of course. But sat here now, it's the, the grey matter's not working. But yeah. Well, <clears throat> it's very, very, very prof- professionally produced and very polished if you if this came on if this came on MTV or some you, you'd think this is you, you'd think this belongs here this it belongs on MTV it, it looks polished right. it looks well produced it, it looks what obviously there's what some, she's aimed to do some and, good um you know there's some good kind of wah-wah guitar um that comes out but I, I think it's it's yeah, good it's, nice. it's 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 modern and it's kind of a reference to other eras while still I think we had this discussion like a year ago, you know, while still maintaining this kind of um, freshness, you know. Absolutely. Which I like. Mm, yeah. I think, yeah, I agree with that. Right, cool, excellent, beautiful. Moving on. <laughs> moving swiftly on. We're moving on to our next artist, Cat Stevens. Kate Stevens. Oh, Kat Stevens. <laughs> yes. Kate <laughs> Kate Stevens. Yeah, father and son. With her it's son. Kate Stevens. Oh, it's Kat Stevens. Meant for me, is Kate Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> Kate Stevens with her song Meant to Be. So this is Wayne's final conversation with Kate Stevens and her song Meant to Be. No, Meant to Me. Meant for me. Meant for me, not meant Jesus. to be, gosh. <laughs> Cat Stevens meant, meant me. You're thinking Cat Stevens Cat meant Stevens. to be. It sounds kind of like a. It's meant to be. Yeah, but it's mm-hmm. you don't know meant for me. Meant for me by Kate Stevens. Oh, she she's a she's a finicky one straight off the bat. She is. Why is she finicky? Right. <laughs> it's just confusing, confusing, purposely confusing herself with other artists. Not really. <laughs> Not really. How so anyway. All right. So yeah, this is Kate Stevens Finicky. with "Meant for Me." Oh, Jesus, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Meant for finicky right. me. All right, go ahead. Okay, so this is Wayne's conversation. This is the song. Fucking listen to it. <laughs> so I'm in Calgary, uh, Alberta. That's in Canada, and um, yeah, I've, I've lived here my whole life, and I'm a prairie girl. For sure, like I love the blue sky, but the cold weather that goes along with it is not nice. <laughs> you can't have one without the other, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so for the uninitiated, tell us all about Kate Stevens. Well, um, when I was born, I was very young, and uh, everything just kind of went up from there. <laughs> no, no, I um, yeah, I've, I've been singing since I was about two, uh, writing songs since probably 12. I found a ukulele at a garage sale when I was 12 years old with my mom and um, and that was my catalyst for taking all of the poems that I had written about the boys who don't like me very much and, and translating them into music. So um, that's kind of how I got started and, and I've been performing all around Calgary, um, Western Alberta since I was about 14 and um, yeah, and I just, I just love doing it. So it's been great so far. <laughs> so you're a seasoned pro really, you know. Uh, <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> So what sort of music do you do, Kate? So it's kind of um it's kind of at all contemporary, kind of R and B. Um I take inspiration from like the seventies songstresses like Joni Mitchell, Carol King, um, Carly Simon, that aspects, but also try to incorporate the R and B flair that's really present in Canada right now of like the Daniel Caesars, uh her. Um I love Yebba Smith. She's another fantastic singer and I and I um yeah, so it's a little bit of everything and, and kind of accessible and edible for everybody. Yeah, I, I wrote down, I was listening to your music earlier, and I, I wrote down uh, 70s easy listening jazz. Yeah, yeah. 
with flares of uh, Carol King, Karen Carpenter, Joan Baez. Oh, wow. Thanks so much. I love that. Because <laughs> I think your music is, is very is very reminiscent of, of that sort of 70s easy listening. Mm-hmm. But I think that your vocal is more uh, Nora Jones, Katie Melua. Yeah, I appreciate that. I I grew up listening to the 70s, right? Like that was a kind of my mom would always have that playing in our house when she was cooking dinner. Like we'd listen to just she'd throw on a record and we'd, we'd go crazy. But um, I, I've studied jazz vocals since I was about eight because um, I really didn't know what other what other genre there was other than listening to the 70s and then going to my grandmother's house and listening to Ella Fitzgerald and Etta James and really powerful singer songwriters. And I was like, sure, I'll I'll, I'll try this. So and I just fell in love with it. Very good. So do you perform live? Is it with a band or? Yeah, I I love performing with a band. Usually it's kind of just me and my uke for solo shows at like cafes or or I love playing house concerts. I've played a couple so far shows and those are just the absolute best. Um, But yeah, I'll play with my band. We were out in Fernie this weekend, just in Fernie, BC, and we played a show to like a packed house and just did some disco, did some crazy riffs, Old Town Soul. Just so much fun. So yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued by the sofa sofa concert. What, what do you call it? So far, so they're like um, they they kind of it was started in 2009, I think, by a group of friends who just wanted to listen to the artist because they went to a show and usually live shows are all about connecting and um and kind of bringing people together. So people just somewhat talk over the artists, but a, a so far show you get put on a subscription list and um you could get access to the secret private shows in someone's house or or something and and it's like a no talking policy and it's just it's the coolest night ever um but i've done a couple of them and they have them all over the world they have so far new york and so far london and and all these crazy things but but calgary has one as well and and it's been really cool to showcase some of um alberta's best artists with those shows so in terms of your songwriting is it just you on your own or do you collaborate or yeah i love songwriting um I uh, I collaborate with um, a bunch of local artists here. I've been trying to get into more uh, co-writes and stuff just because I feel you can really bridge the gap between what you're thinking. And it's, it's kind of hard. Like, you'll write a song and you'll sit down and listen to it and be like, wow, that's how I approached that situation, I guess. <laughs> um, whereas uh, if you're writing with someone else, it's it's a really cool exercise. And I absolutely adore it. I've been writing a lot with um, my keyboard player in, in my in my project for live shows. And um, he's classically trained. So to get his ear on some of our R&B tracks is just so cool. Something that I never thought of, right? So I love it. But yeah. Uh, the song we're talking about today is Meant For You. Is that correct? Meant for me. <laughs> Meant for me. Sorry, I've even wrote it down as well. I'm still going wrong. <laughs> uh, so tell us, tell us all about that. Tell us about the the story behind that. Yeah. So um, it's kind of a sultry summer tune. I um, I, I was in a I was in a relationship with another artist, and and it was just kind of one of the best ones, uh, just because you get each other, right? But uh, <laughs> but the whole bit was um, that we would write songs about each other, and so. There's a couple of lines in the song referencing the songs that he would write for me and um, and the words that were only meant for me exactly. So, uh, yeah, I kind of wanted to paint a picture of, of that summer night of like there's patio lights and, and his old beat up Camaro just <laughs> just humming along with the music. Right. So it's a uh, it's one of the most, uh, I think, um, visually like 
uh, artistic songs that I've written. But I don't know. It's 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 so much fun. We recorded the B side in um, Toronto. It was an old abandoned church that they had refurbished into a a recording studio. Uh, it was with the Coalition of Music out there, and and we did a a quick little acoustic version of that song. And then I came back home and uh, worked with an organization called the Prophets of Music. And the Prophets of Music organization was started at a of uh, the Brentwood Five stabbing here in Calgary, they were uh, Zachariah and the Prophets. They were a really, really great band in this uh, local scene here. And their parents actually started an organization to kind of help nurture uh, other artists and emerging artists in the city. So uh, I got to do the single with them at OCL Studios with um, their main producer, Russell Broom. And uh, yeah, we just turned it into this really 6 8 romantic uh, tune. So yeah. Yeah, it's a lovely song. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, so you guys are like the Ellie Goulding and Ed Sheeran of Canada, then? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that, that was so funny. Of like, yeah, we we were in a project together for a couple years, and uh, and we would write so many songs together, and then we finally realized that they were about each other. So, <laughs> so that was the craziest, the craziest part. Yeah, I was, I was listening to um, the song quite a few times today, and I'm, I'm very cinematic. I love film, absolutely love it. And I felt like this could be like you know after the meet cute in a rom com, and then you mm-hmm. get falling out over something. It could be something trivial. It could be something you know quite spectacular of late. Mm-hmm. I found that like you could have this this song because it's got a sort of dark edge, hasn't it? It, well, it feels yeah. like a bit of dark edge to me. No, I I appreciate that because yeah, for me, I was trying to explain it to a couple of my friends who aren't musically inclined um what the time signature six eight feels like and like six eight is kind of like the the very waltzy any song that is in that time signature i just absolutely fall in love with and um i really wanted to represent the kind of swaying and the and the dance that you would you would have with that person so that's kind of why the time signature is so lovey-dovey and situation like that (laughs) it's got the uh, nora jones come away with me feel Oh yeah, yeah, I love that. Thank that's, you. That's I, I was, yeah, when I was saying Nora Jones earlier, I sort of when I listened to your song, that's sort of where it went to. And the brushes on the, um, I, I don't think you use brushes, but you know, it feels like brushes on a snare drum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. So what's uh, what's coming up for you this year then, Kate? So many things. Uh, it's just been crazy busy. I'm back at school, and um, trying to balance music and school has has been been a journey that's for sure (laughs) um so um finishing up my degree and um we're planning a a bunch of different tours and and just working with my team to kind of solidify what kate steven sounds like right so it's been it's been a cool it's only a what is what it's only a couple weeks into 2020 but already we're we're starting to make some moves so i'm really excited playing some bunch of shows in uh in all of western alberta um meant for me actually got picked up by um, a couple Swedish playlists um, in in Spotify, like editorial, they uh, they got a hold of it and it's been doing really well out there. So we were in talks of maybe going out to Sweden or Denmark or Norway and um, seeing what they know out there and and coming over to Europe. So yeah, it's been it's been crazy busy, but uh, I can't, I can't see myself doing anything other than music, right? So this has been the best. Yeah, I mean, such a lovely song. So. And it's so contemporary, you know, it could fit into any time period. Oh, thank you. 
Am I right in thinking that the email you sent us, you said you were a radio presenter on college radio, was it? Yeah, yeah. So um, right now I'm at SAIT, which is the Southern Alberta Institute Polytechnic situation. Who knows? Um, <laughs> we all just call it SAIT, and it's uh, for radio broadcast. So we've been doing a lot of on-air stuff. And it's funny that I, I know a little bit about a lot of things, but it's all music-based. So whenever we're playing music, I always know these weird weird little tidbits and stuff about the songs that are coming up. So it's been really cool. And I've been trying to incorporate way more uh, local music onto our airwaves here in Calgary because we have such a vibrant local scene that it's really cool to show that aspect of community and um, really showcase it. So you're doing what we're doing, but for Alberta. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's, I love what you guys are doing. This is so cool. Oh, thank you very much. It's been a long road to get to where we are. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, so... It all sounds brilliantly promising for the for the year. So uh, we're going to round up with mm-hmm. a couple of questions, just just silly questions. Uh, Rich Rich has got his own, and I've I've sort of been trying to shape my own at the moment. So so <laughs> what I've got is I've got first and last. So it'll be um, we'll start with first guitar you ever owned. Oh my gosh. Okay, it was a shitty Yamaha jumbo guitar that my sister got for Christmas that I was like, you know what, this is mine now. So I picked it up and I had it tuned to ukulele tuning. And I was like, yo, I can play the guitar. And I was not <laughs> not doing it very well. I was playing some like Joni Mitchell and, and like songs that have like two chords and like some Willie Nelson, just like easy stuff. Because Calgary, we have the Calgary Stampede here, which is basically like... For 10 days out of the year, everyone becomes a cowboy. It's a whole thing. Um, and so and so, it's like a huge festival. There's a rodeo. So a lot of country artists come to Calgary. And um, I've been trying to branch into the country roots. And that's the, the running gag with musicians is like for 10 days out of the year, you will play country music to get these gigs. Um, so I learned a bunch of like uh, Casey Musgraves from Dolly Parton. And, and I learned it on my guitar. So that was my first jumbo yamaha guitar that was too big for any case my mom bought me so (laughs) brilliant okay last instrument you played last instrument i played um uh that's a great question uh my house right now has a piano it's like 120 years old uh stand-up piano that's she's she's been loved let's just say that but yeah i've been for for me i'm a very visual person as well so I, i love looking at the piano keys to like kind of write songs um i've been really addicted to like uh, ascending and descending lines in my songs and so with pianos it just you just press the buttons and it happens so <laughs> that was the last that was the last instrument i played brilliant uh, okay first chord you ever learned to play oh it was a c chord because on ukulele it's only one one string and i was like <laughs> that's it i've done it i've i've become i've living into my my white girl ukulele trope and i love it <laughs> That's it. I am a musician. I can play C on ukulele. I am now a musician. I was like, no one can talk to me. Y'all want to hear Riptide? I got it. <laughs> uh, brilliant. So, um, last instrument you bought? Last instrument I bought? Um, I don't know. That's the thing of like, the last instrument that I, like the ukulele that I play on right now, it's a baritone ukulele. His name is Thelonious, like Thelonious Monk. Um, And uh, it has a pickup in it, and it was made by uh, Honolulu Ukuleles, a a company that's based out of Calgary. And they made it custom-made for me. So uh, it has a plug-in. It's got a cool strap holder and stuff, some really 
Cool. I, I'm not a huge um, instrument buff because my, my instrument is, is mainly my voice, but this is a really cool uke. So I bring it to all of my live shows. And uh, yeah, that's my that's my last instrument that I technically didn't buy, but I love it. So <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, first album you bought. Okay, so uh, there's a there's a tiny little thrift store by my house in Calgary called uh, Bibles for Mission, and um, it's it, it was it was like I don't know when I was how old I was, um, but it was Prince Controversy on a CD, and I bought it and I put it in our car and I was like this this is music this is the best thing ever, <laughs> so that was the first uh, CD I've ever bought. It still is one of my favorite albums to this day. The, the thing about Prince is, on, on Richie's questions, he has a different set of questions to I have. He mm-hmm. has like, you know, two songs you can take to a desert island with you and that sort of stuff. <laughs> but the majority of answers that are Prince and David Bowie, <laughs> it's, it's off the chart. It's like every week. It's just, it's, they're, they're timeless, right? For me, it'd be Stevie Wonder. Anything Stevie Wonder does or puts out, or Aretha Franklin, like those two... They're my favorite artists in the entire world that I could just listen to for hours. And I find live performances and I and I just put on their vinyl and I just cry. Like, it's just so good, right? So uh, those are my two. But those are good questions. I like those. <laughs> uh, last song you listen to? Uh, let's check in my Spotify. This might be embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good question then. Here, let's look at my... My liked songs. Wow. Okay. Um, oh, I had made a I had made a playlist for a bunch of my friends uh, to listen to, and uh, it's by I think they're Canadian. It's Whitney. It's No Woman from their album Light Upon the Lake, and uh, wow. they're great. I don't know where they're from, but uh, Whitney was the last one, and then the other one was Jacob Collier, Close to You. So I will have to check both those out because I don't know them. Very good tunes. They were my. I was walking to school today, and they were my my commute songs for just being chill and being chilled to the bone. So, <laughs> brilliant. Okay, uh, we'll go on to the next question now. So I've only got two questions, so this is the second one. So this is a bit more involved. This one. Okay. So if you could remove one musician from a song from the past, and you could infiltrate it, and you could become that musician or whatever instrument it is you get the credit for it on the recording. What song would it be? Oh, my be? gosh. What instrument would it be? That's so good. Um, that's a great question right there. Um, I There's so many good songs that I would never want to, never want to, like, kind of sneak my way into, I guess. But I don't know. I feel like every every artist and every instrument is there for a reason but uh gimme shelter whoever sang on that rolling stones tune i would love to be that female like mix and, and that female sample of the butter, just a shot away. like that part oh that would be butter that's the first time i've asked this question that is a great answer <laughs> thank you i die that'd be so cool because like the whole thing is like i forget who they got to do it but they called her at like two in the morning and she still had her curlers and they got her into the studio and she just did it. And they're like, oh, go up the octave, go up. And then she went up the octave and they kept it. And it's just the coolest live performance. So that one for sure. Brilliant. That's a great answer. <clears throat> <laughs> um, right. So, Kate, we've come to the end of, uh, end of the time. No, thank you for having me. It's all our pleasure. So uh, the next thing you hear will be Kate Stevens with Meant For Me.
Kate Stevens, I hope you liked it. I hope you liked the conversation. It, I'm sure it was all amazing. I, I like the song. 
tracks again I chose it it's very beautiful it's a beautiful piece of music this is beautiful music beautiful voice um, just lovely and I'm slurping again Wayne I'm slurping yeah <laughs> fucking slurping let's do my head in um. yeah so Todd we'll start with you what did you think about Meant For Me uh, I think it's a very nice build it's a very slow build to the chorus right very strong voice again you know the only one of these without a strong voice was was my heart your thunder oh no yeah i'm joking okay never mind i know it's bad humor. <laughs> all right um it's a slow lead up to the chorus uh, very confident. I said. I said that on all three of these. Uh, what? Oh, she has an interesting line. Not tied down, but you make me want to be. I don't think that's. I mean, that's uh, what in life, right? But you know, it kind of pulls out kind of a little bit of a Regina Spector sound to the slow part, right? And then it slowly builds into this kind of smooth falsetto. Remind me again, uh, Regina smooth, Spector is. Regina Spector, yeah. she's um. Um, I can't say. Uh, she's been around forever. No, she's been Is around a long Spectre's time by now. Ex-wife. No, no, she's been around for like fifteen no. years. I think she was born in oh, Russia, God, grew up in, in New York. Um, I can't think of any of her songs, but you, no, you, I don't. You I, don't know know I don't know of her anyway, Todd. If, if you mentioned the songs, she's I, I been around forever. All right. Oh, okay. She did um, the call of Fit and Fidelity. Oh, oh what's that? And Sa- what, Sam oh, Samson. What's the prison movie? A prison TV show on Netflix. Oh, the way she, this orange, uh, orange, this, orange is the new black. Yeah, she did the. This orange is the new black. She did that song. Can you play that song really quickly? She did that song. That's what you'll what's recognize. It called? I don't remember. It was the theme song to Woman in Black. Or no, want a Woman in Black. <laughs> um, Orange is the New Black. This, what was the name of this? I don't know. Why, we can't even go in the show anyway. Cause okay. It's... Anyway, she did that theme song. Should know this lady. Anyway, because... I don't want to take away from um, Kate because it's a very nice uh, song. The production's very smooth. You know, the instruments kind of just sail in and out. Like little bits coming in and out. Yeah, I, I like that. I, yeah. I like the I like the the bits just kind of enhancing the voice, you know. And there's some kind of unexpected little twists there. Mm, it is a absolutely beautiful song, and it's quite for what sounds like a very, again a stripped back song. There's not much going on. There is quite a bit going on. There's a lot of thought gone into this, and it. Mm-hmm. It all works together together very well, ties in to produce what is essentially a, a beautiful song. Yeah, it really does. Um, and mm. and I, I think it's uh, I, I just think it's really well um, it, it, it moves along in a very, very nice manner. Slow build. Yeah. Wayne, do you have much to say? Oh, I, I love this. This is my favourite of the week. Not taking away from the other two uh, two songs, but this one really grabbed me. I just <clears throat> there's something about it. It's like having a really nice cup of tea on a sunny, lazy Sunday afternoon. It, it is, <laughs> you know, it's it's gorgeous. And it washes over you. Um, what I yeah. said to Kate in the in the interview I had with her was I said that it, I think it would fit perfectly in a rom com when they have the you know the the twist the the twist the twist sorry when they have their their moment of you know will they be together won't they you know and they they put the montage and that fits in there i also said that the, the people who, who it brings to mind are people like colin yeah i mean she she actually said corinne bailey ray is somebody who 
who she aspires like uh, you know to be and, and get the tours yes, from. Get yeah. that. I don't know who this is I, actually. Who is? Corinne Barry. Very good. He just. Just check her out. Okay, check her out on Spotify. Yeah. You got Spotify in Hong Kong, haven't you? <laughs> What's that again? <coughs> yeah. uh, the comparisons yeah. are made. Uh, Katie Melua uh, from Britain and Nora Jones. That sort of, you know, laid back, yeah, soft jazz soul. It's all heart. Right. It's 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 lovely instrumentation yeah. all thrown together, and it all and, just works. You know. And if I can sidetrack again on my production part, you know, like Nora Jones again. They were having trouble selling her after her first album, because and Amy Winehouse because they were quite produced. And on the second efforts of both of them, they kind of stripped back all the instrumentation, you know. And that that's mm. when both of them just exploded. I don't remember it was Norgens, but but this too, this is a great style because they're they're allowing her voice to just kind of emerge, you know, and it's not covered behind a bunch of. Um, effects and mm. you know mu- instruments that don't need to be there and I, I think that's kind of the modern approach where we kind of take out a lot of parts instead of put in yeah she's got such a lovely tone and texture to her voice as well right you know it's very and, and, and so, you, you know you can he- I was just going to say you know it's you can't see this lady, but you you can feel the expression, you can feel the emotion from it, you know, and and that's what music should be. You should be able to feel it come right. come through the you know the headphones come through the speakers, and I feel right. like with this. And I feel like if I went into some little club, and she was playing with like maybe you know three or four instruments, I think it would sound very very similar to what I'm listening to on this, which yeah. to me is is success. You know, it could sound different, but you would still get that persona right there, which I think is great. Absolutely. Well, there you go. There you go, listeners. I don't think you can get a better recommendation uh, for an artist than that. Uh, definitely check her out. Check out all of the artists that you've ju- we've just been talking about and listen to. Check them out on Spotify, on YouTube's and SoundClouds. We'll leave the links in the descriptions for you. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so... We'll move on, we'll move on, because there's nothing else I can add to that. I think we just about tore her apart, put her back together, and, um, well, we didn't really tear her apart. It's just, yeah. But, yeah, absolutely beautiful. So, yeah, we're going to move on to our next section, our special guest, Todd. Todd Warner-Moore. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You've been busy, Todd. You've been working on... Cranking them out. Shit. Cranking them out. I'm not saying shit, I'm just saying you've been working on stuff. I know, I know. Uh, Tell us about your song. I didn't talk about you, Todd. It's all about me, you. Oh, uh, well, there's not much to discuss here. I'm just so that was Todd, ladies and gentlemen, taking, <laughs> taking it in and and putting it back out, you know, and observing and and then uh, generating songs, you know, from my observances. So I've let's see. This new album is my fifth album. Since um, June of 2018, so. See, I don't get that from you, Todd. <laughs> Listen to you talk. You get this. I get this feel of like a, a half-assed persona. It's like <laughs> eh, I've done some songs as and when I can. You know, this is my fifth album in 20 years. <sighs> no, no, but then, no. Then no. you say it's like oh, it's my fifth album in probably you know a year. That's that, that's amazing. But you don't get that listening to you. I'm conserving my energy 
right? And then when I actually do the song, it all comes out in this force, you know? So I don't, I'm, I'm so ironic and sarcastic. I'm joking. But no, who am I? I'm trying to think. When, when I was a kid, right, I used to sit there and listen in Kansas City to this KY 102. Uh, it was a this guy. This DJ was named Skid Rody, and there would always be this guy with this low voice on there all the time. And he was so laid back, and he was so funny, and I'd always hear him. And then it ended up being uh, Joe Walsh, you know, from the Eagles. Um, but I was always I didn't know that for years. He'd just come and be residents on the show and just hang out for you know a week on the show. It was really funny. And then I didn't know, you know, then you'd hear him later, you know, and he'd have that high voice that, you know what I'm talking about, the Joe Walsh songs? No idea. I have a lot of, I can't sing now, you know. Anyway, life's been good to me so far. You know that? No. Okay, I don't like this music, but I'm just saying, the way he sang (laughs) was totally different than the way he talked on the radio. And it was very... Oh, you've definitely got that going on. <laughs> All right. So I'm able to convey that at least. Right. Yeah. But people always say that when I get up and play music live too. They'll go, oh my God, you're a totally different person, you know, live. Mm. But from anyway, what you're saying, I'm not just s- sitting there with these huge think of coffee. I don't drink coffee actually, but I'm, you know, I, I'm not sitting there trying to, oh, I got to crank these songs out. All I'm doing is just slowly doing one song a week, Right. One song a week, I'm going to write the song <laughs> and then slowly record it, you know, and get it off and then do another song. And I just keep going. It's just the tortoise and the hare. You know, I'm the tortoise. But in the end, I've written about 60 songs in the last 15 months. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, I'm just slowly writing a song a week. <laughs> just pacing myself, you know, just oh, taking it easy, just one song a week. Well, so take some people. Could take some people years. Yeah, I take a break here and there. The problem was always the lyrics. The lyrics were slow to come out, and now they're. I don't know what it is, but I never have problems with the, the lyrics on a song. I come up with the tune, and then I write the lyrics. I, I may write like twenty pages of lyrics for one song, but then I get the lyrics, and it's not that hard. So I don't know. But I, you know, I had those times in my life where I wrote one song in a year. I was like, oh, I got the song. Here's the song, you know. And uh, I don't know. It's just still going on. I know it could end at any time, but it hasn't really. The songs keep coming. So uh, I'm halfway on the sixth album now. I'm working on the sixth song of the sixth album. So just keep, keep going. It's all about no really it's it's not that oh now we're going to write a song at this point we're going to write a bunch of songs now no you just keep doing one at a time and you might not use that song I have a bunch of songs I haven't used but you just keep if you keep doing like a song a week or something you're bound to get better right and again you're not going to use all those songs right but you're going to get much better than if you do once a year now I'm going to write a bunch of songs True, yeah. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just, you know. You seem to 
approach music as a practice rather than just a something to enjoy. So, no, you know, it's, I, I I'm, enjoy I'm, I'm, it. I've got to write. I've got to write a song this week because if I don't, my next one won't be very good. No, that's not what I'm saying. I enjoy the process. <laughs> the, what it is is if I write one that I don't like, it doesn't matter. I'm on to the next song. When a, when an when an actor does a movie. They may get destroyed for that movie. It doesn't matter. They're already filming the next movie. You know, you just don't look back. Yeah. You just keep going. Like my next album's completely different than this one. It's much more chill. It's much more ambient. You know, I'm already thinking about this one, and I'm kind of promoting the one now. But I'm already on to the next one. You know. Yeah, the song that you've sent over. It's quite punchy. This one. It's very punchy. Uh, Punchy and yeah, a, like a, it, eat, 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 lots of emphasis on the words. It's punchy. You, know, it's not you said just, finicky for yeah. uh, the other one um, by <laughs> what was her name? Yeah, finicky. Okay, punchy. She was a no. She was you a said, finicky you said person. Kate was finicky. Okay. So yeah, some... I, I was getting, I was planning on editing that out, and now you just keep bringing it back up. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, no, this edit is, it out. Okay, yes. But, you know what I mean by punch? It's like the words. It's not. It's not like a. Oh no, I like it. Smooth. Fl- it's hey, not smooth. Smooth flowing. It's kind of like. I'd take. I'd take punchy on a t-shirt any day. That's fine with me. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. So tell us about this song tonight. Um, this song. I had a song called "Goodbye on a Sunny Day" from Love and Change, and it was about a couple breaking up, and it was a beautiful day, and they were breaking up. So then I decided to write one that was the opposite of that the day they came together in the rain right so like they'd been fighting but then they came together and it was raining out right okay so it's the opposite of goodbye on a sunny day and uh right hello on a shit day well (laughs) yeah yeah it could be uh i'm not gonna say that word right but Yes, it could be. There's a picnic basket. It's all smashed. And then they're in the park. It's raining. And then they walk around the dirty city and flowers are coming out. And so actually they're explore- they're, in- they're going into happiness in the middle of a city. Right. It's just I, I just did. I just it was just fun to do kind of an opposite um, thing. Now. This one too, it 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 it's very easy uh, to kind of overproduce this, and I don't know if it is or not, but uh, you know, because you've got like guitar, you've got steel guitar, you've got acoustic guitar, you've got um, three vocals, cello, you know, and percussion and bass, but I still hope that this could st- like if I play it live, it still comes off as as similar, you know, same vibe. You. A few instruments away from being not a songwriter but a composer. Yeah, well, I could put an orchestra in there, and you know, no, well, you pretty much have. <laughs> no, but this is this is headed to the big part of the album where it's getting really grand, you know. So this song is a segue into the really big part of the album as it closes. Crescendo. Yeah, this is two songs away from the end. So I wanted this one to have a lot of energy. And it, it, I like the three-part vocals. You know, I, I wrote this for three-part vocals. And I, I, I think I'm quite proud of it. I think it, it turned out really well. And it, it, it's a slow cooker. 
to, you know, it gets slowly bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, you know. Yeah. But it, yeah. Which is good. I like that in a build. Yeah, I think the punchy is a see the couple crying. Yeah, it's very. Um, uh, I, I didn't want it to get too lost in the mix, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but I think this is a good mm. balance um, between, you know, studio and live. It's it's difficult, you know. It's difficult when you get this many instruments in there. I like. I think it uh, se- separates your work. A lot of artists say they produce work, and each song gets lost in the next because they all start to sound very. Right, similar, very and, the same. And, and that's I think the thing. You, you, I think you've managed to avoid that. Right, and I've had the same Oliver Wagner. I've had the same produ- producer for all five albums, and I think he's incredible. And he just, I think he always focuses on. He's told me like bringing me out, um, like always having me heard in the mix and not letting me get lost in the mix. You know. Yeah. So I, a, a lot of it's because of him. Was it the last time, last time you brought a song with a, a lot of falsetto in it, which you weren't comfortable with, but he made you do it? I, was that you or was that someone else? Well, no. Let's say it was me. I don't know. It sounds good. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. I have so many stories, you know, they all come in and out, you know. I'll write a song about the falsetto for you next time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Well, um, yeah, uh, we're going to play that song now. Anyway. Uh, it's... What's it called? You see, you've put on on here. That it's obviously the day they. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember if you've I called it that. that. You put the, Is, did I call it the day they or the day they came together in the rain? I can't. No, you've you put that. You put they day they. I put they day they. Yeah, oh it was probably God. just a typo. <laughs> oh like my gosh! <laughs> Hold on, let me look yeah. that up. That's terrible. That's <laughs> they not day, they day day day. day. <laughs> yeah, they there's day. absolutely no excuse for it. Todd. They day they day they day they. That's terrible. I'm guessing it's the day they. Yeah, the so, day they. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, shoot. Yeah. I can't believe that. Um, yeah, it's <sighs> teacher oh, and everything. I know. That's a shame. <laughs> I hope I gave you the right yeah. version of it. Did I give you the right word version of it? Yeah, probably. Well, you got different versions. Oh, yeah. Well, the version I got sounded fantastic. Well, thank you. I appreciate <clears> it. Um, well, yeah, there are different versions for every occasion. No, okay, so you got one for a bar mitzvah. But what the heck, I gave it to you from... Did you notice I said, what the heck? Yes. Um, censoring myself. I, I, you seem so proud of yourself. I, it's the day they on the album. I don't know how that happened. All right, I don't know how that it's happened. It's not a big deal. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get over it. I don't think I will. <laughs> you know, I don't think I can ever forgive myself for this mistake. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, yes. Anyway, well, Todd... I think well, I think we're gonna call it a day. Great. There, I, I, I'm very I'm very hot here under this quilt. So um, <laughs> call it the day, day. Call it the day. day. So yeah, we're gonna call it day day. And um, <laughs> so yeah, thank you for joining All us right, again. And uh, so much, so great. Hopefully, to- hopefully we'll be able to have you on the main show again at some point sure. uh, in the year. Well, the the next album maybe will come out in April. Maybe not sure. Jesus, well, I think, I think we're fully booked for April now, but maybe May. Sure, it's cranking along. No problem. <laughs> maybe. Excellent. Well, yeah, thanks again for joining right, us. Great to talk play to you guys along. That was great. All right, take care, you guys. Yes. All right, bye-bye. No, time. no, don't go yet. Oh, don't yeah, go yeah, yet. I'm don't here, go I'm here yet. still. Yeah, 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 I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to play Todd's song in a second. We're going to play The Day They. 
Glass, quite a tongue twister. We're going to play it the day they, and um, yeah, you're going to enjoy it. And while you're listening to that and enjoying it, check out all of his socials, check out all the socials of all the artists that we've played. We'll leave also all their streamings and stuff. Check them all out. Check. Follow me on Spotify. Follow him on Spotify. That'll be in the links. Our Spotify will be in there. Our iTunes, our Spreaker, Stitcher, our Google Podcasts, our... What else, Wayne? SoundCloud. It'll all be in there. If you could do us a favour and go and like us wherever you listen to us and give us a rating and all that, all of that, it helps spread the podcast, apparently. So do that mm-hmm. and show us some love. Show all the artists that have been on some love. If you like their work, go out and purchase it. Now, this is a natural podcast, very organic, you know. Oh, so organic, you could plant it in your back garden. Yes. You could wrap it up and stick it in Waitrose. You could... I'm not going to edit that out. You could make it into a veggie wrap. You could make it into a veggie wrap. Wow. So, yes, this this, this has been our first B-side. I've been Richie. I've been Wayne. He's been... I've been Todd. Warner Moore. Warner Moore. Yes, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Warner Moore. It's a brand. Thank you for listening, everybody. If indeed you still are. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Introducing the new loaded scratchers from DC Lottery. These scratchers are loaded with cash prizes of $50, $100, $500, $1,500, $5,000, and chances to win up to $250,000. These games are absolutely stuffed, jammed, overflowing. You might even say, loaded? Play the games that are packed with $7.5 million in cash prizes. Get your loaded scratchers today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.